so uh, ladies, we, we sincerely apologize uh, to, to you guys. We apologize to uh, all of the fans that, that have tuned in. Hopefully they're going to join us back here. Um, we're, we're ready to go again. Yep. Uh, brand new studio. Uh, yeah. Always has some technical difficulties. So, so here we go. Hey, I, need a, I need a drink real quick. Hey. <laughs> okay. We have a, a very special podcast today. Yes. Like I was saying. Um, so we've been working hard on this movement. Um, our heroes, there are everything. And I'll, I'll go ahead and rehash the story. So I was scrolling. Uh, someone I follow, he posted an awesome video a nurse on a COVID response team. And uh, she had some interesting facts. She was, uh, she laid it all out there. Uh, couldn't be more proud. She's with us. Nicole Whitley, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> so like I was saying, uh, so the, the video was up to like a million views and it disappeared. She uh, luckily put it over on Rumble. I know a lot of people are still not familiar with it. But what I would like you to do is kind of tell the story again for the people that missed it, unfortunately. And, uh, so, and, and it sounds like uh, everybody can hear you in, in Facebook land right now. Guys, I'm so sorry. So, <laughs> Testing. Uh, yep. If one of our supporters can say if they can hear Nicole. Nicole, can you say hello, please? Hello, everybody. Can you hear me now? Yes. Uh, all right. Finally, we can hear you. Thank you. All so right. We're good to go. I, I really wanted to broadcast this with, uh, with like awesome production, but it just, uh, one of the next things, ones. We'll just, we'll just stick with zoom for now. Yeah. Okay. The content's important here. So, uh, Nicole, take it away. Got to do what you got to do. Um, okay. So yes. Hi. Uh, like I said, I'm Nicole. Um, I guess, uh, as you stated, I made this video um, kind of for a whole bunch of reasons. I feel like I've been watching what's been happening over the last year and a half, and it's none of it has sat well with me. Um, so I just kind of felt like I needed to speak out about what I've learned and what I've seen and my personal experiences and, and what I know that a lot of other healthcare providers feel as well. Um, I've been doing the COVID response um, I've gone to multiple different hospitals in multiple different states and have kind of seen that what I'm seeing in real life doesn't match up with what is being portrayed in the media in terms of how severe of a crisis it is. And there are certainly people that um, have been sick from COVID and there still are. I know that a lot of places are you know, experiencing pretty heavy uh, um, hospital admissions right now, but um, you know, I I, like I said, I had been gone, I had gone months at a time without even taking care of a COVID patient while the media is still portraying that there is a massive crisis. And um, I've seen the censorship of people who are doing legitimate science, but they're questioning the narrative and they have just been completely silenced and smeared. Um, apparently I followed the right people who can um, give information about certain things that have popped up along the way with how they're manipulating the data and, and um, you know, reactions to the vaccines and all of that. Um, and kind of what really, like you said, the post that you posted with the uh, picture saying last year's heroes, this year's unemployed. Oh yes. Can I, can I mention that? I, I forgot to, <laughs> I forgot to talk about that. Right. So, so when I started talking to Nicole uh, and I told her how inspired I was by her video, I want to share it. She's like, and I told her about the viral post. She's like, hey, I actually saw that post and that inspired me to do my video. Mm -hmm. so, what an awesome connection. Sorry. No, I, I agree yeah. completely. Yeah, but moral of the story is, you know, as more and more of these mandates are coming through, it's, it's, I it's, I don't understand. It's completely, Please, I, I think it's completely unethical that we are, you know, requiring people to keep their job or to, you know, go into indoor dining or any of these things to be part of what is legitimately an experimental vaccine campaign. And it's, it's, uh, it does not sit well with me. And I just felt like I have learned things and have seen things that, you know, I am by no means an expert at anything, but I know a lot about, a, you know, or I know a little bit about a lot of things. And I just felt like I could put my little voice out there and hopefully, get some people to see, you know, another side of things other than what the TV or what the government is telling them. And um, when I, uh, that post was definitely one of the things that inspired me. But when I listened to that podcast by Joe Rogan, which had um, an evolutionary biologist, and then uh, Dr. Corey as well, uh, he's part of a group of some of the most like highly published critical care doctors. 
you know, genuine experts in their field and they've found potential, you know, treatments that work and they are just being shut down and silenced. And I listened to that podcast and I was like floored at their data. And then I was completely furious that, you know, if everything that they're saying is true and all these people are dying <laughs> because they're, you know, unwilling to look into the potential of this for potentially, you know, to just to benefit people to make money, it just, there's just all of these things that did not sit well with me. And then seeing that hospitals and, and businesses are mandating all of this stuff, it's, I think we just need more people to speak out about it and more people to raise awareness. And I felt like I had a little bit of a perspective to be able to do that. So. Sure. So can of, we, can we talk about a, a little bit about specifically what you are seeing to uh, that, that are skewing the, the, the data itself? And you, you had a, a very specific list. Uh, that you wanted to go over in, in your last video and you were hitting like bullet points. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, sure. And you know what? Uh, I, I'd like to introduce uh, our, our second guest to yes. join the conversation. Absolutely. Megan, you want to introduce yourself? Sorry. Hi, I'm Megan. <laughs> Thank Hi. you for so, having me. All right. So, so, so Megan is a COVID nurse on the uh, East coast and I was uh, listening for it. I, I, I haven't heard enough yet. Right. I so, been... uh, Megan, if you can add any substance to this uh, as well with with Nicole, you guys were interacting great off. I mean, uh, in regards to where you're from, by the way. Uh, But Nicole, if you can kind of speak to uh, specifically, you know, what what points, like I said, where are the numbers being skewed at? Our audience, obviously, we're not we're not giving medical advice. Nobody uh, on this podcast is giving a medical advice. If you want the vaccine, go get the vaccine. We're, we're really saying that those with that are going to be forced by this mandate, you know, take the jab or lose your shot. You know, we, we think there's a fundamental rights issue at that point or w- with that statement. And, you know, uh, Megan here and Nicole here are able to maybe shed some light on, on the things that we're not being told. Does that make sense guys? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, so Megan, can I say what state you're from? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm from New York, New York. Okay. So yeah, we can definitely hear what's going on in New York. Okay. Go ahead, Nicole. Sorry. I have to stay over there. <laughs> no, that's right. okay. Um, so yeah, with the cases I, I explained in that video, the way that they're done is, you know, they had set the cycle thresholds so high that they were able to pick up, um, you know, like a little molecule that was in the air or, I've had patients who were had a severe case of COVID. They were in the hospital for three months and they had been tested almost weekly and they were still having positive tests three months later, but we knew that it was past the point of being infectious. Um, so there was always kind of this understanding that the tests were not completely reliable or you would have people who come in you know, anybody that came in pretty much if they had a fever, if they said that they were, you know, having trouble breathing, we tested just about everybody. And um, sometimes those popped up positive because they had had COVID three months ago and they had, you know, incidentally come back positive. The tests, this is pretty well known, the tests are, they, they could identify positive cases, but they were also identifying cases that were not people who actually had symptomatic COVID or that, you know, had had COVID previously and they were still coming back positive. And so, like I had stated, you know, if, if, if this was a certain individual who had COVID three months previously got readmitted to the hospital and they still turned up positive, that still counts as a, you know, a positive case as a hospitalization. If they died from, you know, sepsis from a urinary tract infection, but they had a positive case or a positive test, then they count under the positive um, test for the death. And it just, it skews everything kind of across the board. And that's what, you know, we've always thought, you know, was happening, but now we have a little more confirmation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what we don't want to be and, and what this podcast isn't, we're, we're not an echo chamber for the far left or the far right. We want to get good information out, solid information out. Um, and obviously we're not being told everything that that's going on, right? There are, there's data that we know is being suppressed, but how do you prove that when it's being suppressed, when it's pulled off of the social media platforms, right? Um, and, and what better than actually having people like yourselves that, that, are, that are in this and, uh, you know, that you're seeing it every day. You're, you're seeing, you know, it, 
well, why, why are we amping this up and, and saying that, you know, we've got a 90% increase in COVID cases when realistically 90% of what, if you notice the media now isn't giving you uh, body counts per se, they're giving you percentages. Well, right. percentages are very easy to skew, right? They're easily manipulated. Yes. And they do that to, you know, facilitate fear and to push their narrative. Sure. So, so what are we seeing in, in, in New York, in the New York area specifically? So for us, especially during the height of the pandemic, um, patients had to be tested in order to come in. Of course, anytime you're doing more testing, you're going to see more positive cases because you have a bigger you know, pool. Um, but we saw the same thing where we would have patients that we knew were past the point of being infectious and they were still coming up positive. They would have a negative test you know, on day four, five, six, and then three days later, all of a sudden they're positive and then you do a repeat and it's negative. How? Um, it doesn't make sense. Sure. So actually, uh, Nicole, we can break back uh, to you. And you had something about the, the testing and you had brought up in your original video about how the testing is skewed. Can you kind of get into to how you how, how that's being done? How was explained that that, that testing process is being skewed? Um, sure. The P- PCR yeah. test, right? Yeah, the PCR test. They, they set that kind of, uh, it's like a sensitivity test and they set uh, I'm not sure exactly what the range is, but I know that they had set the cycle threshold somewhere around 40 cycles, which was extremely sensitive. It could pick up things like we said, somebody who had COVID, you know, months previously, but it was still able to pick it up on those tests. And um, after a, after a period of time, middle of January or so, they the World the, the World Health Organization um, instructed everybody to decrease that sensitivity. And I think they took it down to like 25 cycles and it, it became more reliable and that's what they've been using. And so, then recently the, uh, they, the CDC took, removed the emergency use authorization for that test, um, which to me wasn't, you know, all that suspicious because they're, they've created a lot more tests nowadays that are more reliable. But in that notice, they, they instructed everybody to make sure that they use a test that can differentiate between COVID and influenza. And I thought that that was a bit strange because I'm sure, I don't know if you've heard, but COVID basically made the flu disappear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. So I, I got completely decimated this year. <laughs> something funny to add to that. Uh, well, one, uh, our guest uh, a couple shows ago, he, he talked about the PCR test and, and how the cycling of it was working and how it just, like you said, skewed the numbers. And then, uh, and then I told him, I said, hey, man, I got sick. I went in and got COVID tested, negative, but I tested positive for influenza A. And he looked at me and he's like, you did because it's eradicated. I'm like, what? So... I, yeah, I don't know the exact numbers, but if you look at previous years with the flu, it's, you know, I think there's like 40,000 or 80,000 deaths that happened a year. And then I think this year it was maybe 600 or something. Sure, it was yeah. a severe decline. Well, I was just surprised that they actually gave me a positive flu test. I was all happy. I'm like, yes, no COVID. <laughs> no COVID. <laughs> but what we're finding out though, and, and maybe you guys can shed some light on the subject, that's, is the ha- hospitals are not testing for influenza anymore. Is there any truth to that? They're, they're not even carrying the influenza tests anymore? And uh, what I've seen over this year is uh, I feel, in the beginning of COVID, I feel like they were testing everybody for COVID and they weren't doing what's called a respiratory viral panel. Um, but more so towards this year, uh, uh, pretty much everybody who came in with some sort of respiratory distress, they would do a COVID test and a respiratory viral test. Okay. That's and what Daniel was saying. Though. Positive for COVID and then negative on the viral panel. But yeah. is it the same in New York? Um, we were seeing, yes, in the beginning, it was just COVID testing. Um, now, if you have respiratory symptoms, they will do COVID and they'll do flu. Um, but right now, they're still doing, you have to have a negative COVID test um, before you're admitted. Okay. Okay, so I was, I was looking at Mike checking comments, but so, so now we talked about that and, and you really hit home on the ivermectin uh, in your video, do you want to talk about that and, and how, uh, proper treatment is, is being withheld from the, the public? Sure. Um, and again, like I said, I'm not an expert. I was, you know, simply more so reiterating what I had heard on that podcast who I think comes, you know, from an expert in the field. Um, and he was speaking on it and from what I gathered and what I've researched and what I've looked at that, you know, the importance in treating a viral infection is treating it early. You either want to do preventative measures or treat it early in the disease so that you're not having to play catch up on the latter part. And um, 
from what he was speaking about in the trials that I've looked at, there is a ton of potential and a ton of possibilities that we could really make an impact on this entire pandemic if we use a, you know, a, a, there are a handful of things that we could do, including ivermectin. Hydroxychloroquine apparently is also showing a lot of um, promise as well, but they're being silenced, they're being censored and smeared. And, um, you know, there's, because ivermectin is off patent and because the FDA and the uh, World Health Organization are saying that they want these randomized control trials, those are big and those are, you know, expensive and they take a lot of time. And, and usually the large pharmaceutical companies are the people that do that. But because there's no financial incentive for them to do it, because there's no money to be made in ivermectin, you know, they're, they don't really have any of these large randomized control trials. And so you would think bringing the potential of some smaller studies that, that show that there is a legitimate you know, benefit or potential in these drugs that the, that these governing agencies would see that and they would think, okay, let's throw the full weight of everything that we have behind it in order to figure out what's the best dosages, what's the best times of administration, what vitamins can we give them with, what antibiotics and all of that. And if they, it, you know, to me, it just seems like if they really wanted to solve this problem, they have a very promising option right in front of them. And they're just doing everything that they can to not, not see that through. And I, have a very big problem with that. <laughs> I was uh, reading some stats about the uh, the vaccine um, as far as funding. I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Let's see. So as he's doing that, let's uh, let me ask you guys: is is there anything you can tell the, the supporters here? And a lot of our supporters are are healthcare workers that are being forced to either take the, take the vaccine or get fired. Uh, obviously, we know it's a trend across the country, across the world. We've got viewers across the world that are telling us this, the same thing. So obviously, the, the pharmaceutical conglomerates are, are on that script. Go ahead. You've got okay, yeah, no, I was going to say, so, so the flu vaccine does uh, $6 billion a year, $6 billion. And the COVID-19 booster that they keep talking about, it's supposed to wipe that out, like, like way more than six billion, right? Oh, they've made so much money. Uh, yeah, no, that, and that was from Reuters. Uh, popped up on a Medscape page of Pfizer, Moderna. Seen re the headline was seen reaping billions from COVID nineteen vaccine booster market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but but that that really goes in, into talking about the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical monopoly that that is really dictating. What, what gets put in our body. They're, they're, it's the pharmaceutical companies. And I don't know if it's too conspiracy theory or not. I, and, and once again, that's, that's why you guys are, are the industry experts on, on our cast right now is, you know, obviously you're, you're talking about all these other options that are out there that have already been approved. And now we're putting something, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's still not FDA approved, that's experimental and it's being mandated per se. So it, you know, what do we tell all, all of our supporters that we want to stand up for, you know, on the, the September 6th, we're having a, you know, a nationwide live stream, hopefully with audio uh, right off the bat. Uh, but well, you know, I, I just want to mention something about ivermectin before. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So ivermectin, right. So if people don't know, it, it's an actual uh, anti-parasitic drug, correct? Uh, in humans. Yeah. Well, it, so you, I've been reading reports and people commenting on people are going to tractor supply and buying ivermectin for animals and taking it guys don't don't do that please don't do that Reed, do not self-dose yourself That's yeah don't good. don't do that uh regardless of what people say how, how well they've done on it it that dose is designed for animals it's not tested and you don't do it please i just wanted to, i just wanted to say that i'm sorry because i got so many messages today about that <laughs> I'm like, tractor well, supply, the what are you talking about? That a, lo a lot of doctors won't prescribe it because, you know, the FDA won't approve. It is, it is an FDA approved drug approved for use in humans for a handful of things, um, mostly anti-parasitic, but they've been using um, cell culture data. They've been looking at antiviral properties with like HIV and with influenza. And there's apparently a lot of promising data, which is why in the beginning people started thinking maybe we should try using this with this virus. However, it is FDA approved for certain things, but the FDA won't approve it as a drug for COVID. And so a lot of doctors, you know, physicians are hesitant to prescribe it as a treatment for COVID. They can, but because it's not approved as an actual treatment for COVID, they 
really won't. And, you know, it's, it's a shame because it, it's a showing a lot of potential everywhere. And, and yes, unfortunately, because they won't, people are seeking out where they can buy it because you can buy it at animal supply stores and self-dosing themselves. And, and I, apparently a handful of people have ended up in the hospital because they've done that. And that is not the way to go. No. So yeah, there are telling, options. Uh... Um, the FLCCC and America's Frontline Doctors, uh, if you look up their website, they have all sorts of information about the benefits of ivermectin. And they do have resources where you can do telehealth phone calls. You could, they have a whole bunch of doctors that you can call that will call you in prescriptions. I've heard they're getting pretty busy, but um, they do have resources on, on those two groups' websites that you can access ivermectin prescribed yeah. by a doctor. Can you say it one more time for them? Uh, and then we're, we'll, we'll end up putting a link uh, on this one once we, uh, we digitize it all after the live. Yes. Can you say it one more time? It's America's Frontline Doctors and then FLCCC, which is Frontline COVID Critical Care. Um, they're two excellent groups. They've been trying to get the word out. And of course they're being censored and smeared and, um, but they're really just out there trying to help people and now, they're fighting. Do those groups have, uh, a, a legal defense set up as well uh, or, or context for that? So. Okay. I, I, I so, believe I heard, um, somebody else saying that they're actually suing the CDC and the FDA. So I do imagine that they have, um, some sort of legal defense. We've actually tossed the idea or Mike's idea was to, uh, try to start a legal defense fund for you guys. Sure. Where it's in the works. We're, for, we're thinking for about it. all of the healthcare workers who are about to be fired because they won't take experimental vaccine. It's, I'm just waiting for the class action lawsuits, the wrongful termination, because it's a complete violation of every code of ethics that we have and of the international Nuremberg code. And it's completely unethical. Absolutely. My heart breaks for everybody who is going through this situation and everybody is completely stressed about it and they all feel alone and it's heartbreaking. Why, why don't you guys, maybe, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to ask this question. I, I was really debating this, but why don't you, don't you guys think that the ACLU is involved in this yet? You know, they're going to stand up for civil rights, you know, for any other subject, um, but they're not standing up for this. And this seems like a very fundamental uh, liberty they could be standing up for? It's an excellent question. And I don't have a clue <laughs> because it's a violation. I've, I've gone on to um, a couple of websites that talk about how all of this is violating all of our rights. And it's, there are um, the healthyamerican.org. She's got some excellent resources for obtaining exemptions and stuff like that. Um, but she also breaks down how wearing masks and, you know, mandatory vaccine violates a ton of civil rights and, and, um, I've thought that same thing. How are they not getting involved at this point? Sure. So Megan, let, let me ask you, um, what are you seeing in New York? Obviously th that was the epicenter. Um, so what, what are you seeing there now? Uh, it, it, are, are the cases rising? Are they rising exponentially? Or are, are you guys, do you guys still have critical care beds available? So I work in subacute care. So currently we don't have any positive cases. So in you, our facility. And you work where one more time? Subacute care. So it's like uh, subacute care long, there is one long-term care unit there, but it's not a hospital setting. It's after hospital. So okay. we got all these patients that were sent to us when Cuomo made his original mandate. And we were told that we had to take these patients into our facilities. Um, we couldn't, at one point, they didn't want us sending them back out to the hospital setting, but currently we have no COVID patients. Wow. Yet, yet there are they, certainly areas around the hospital that are having an influx of COVID patients and with the new variant, there are certainly areas that are more hotspots than others. My biggest thing is that you can't, you know, put the whole country on lockdown because some areas will have an ebb and flow of having more patients than others. New York, some places have none. Some places are definitely getting full, but you know, you can't mandate all of this, this insanity because some places are having a, a bit of an overflow. And I would argue that, you know, it's been 18 months. And if how in 18 months has nobody figured out a contingency plan, if your area surges, what you can do. And I don't know, it's just, we're seeing all this stuff coming down and, and it's just doesn't justify because most places still don't have that much COVID. Sure. And, and we're calling it a vaccine, right? And, and realistically, it doesn't fit the definition of a vaccine. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'd like your guys' opinion on it. Do, is there truth this, to the transmiss, 
transmissibility rate uh, amongst those that have got the, and I'm going to air quote vaccine versus those that haven't got the vaccine. Are, are they equal? Uh, I mean, obviously we know it's going to lessen the symptoms from what they're saying. If you get the vaccine, can, can you expound upon that a little bit? Megan, you want to speak on your experiences? I mean, I know I have certain friends at work in the city and they're saying that they do have cases currently in the hospital, but that they are fully vaccinated. So, yeah, I have, so, um, I have friends, like I have a friend in Florida and I was asking her because we started seeing on the news that Florida was getting hit really hard. And I asked her and she said, yes, the hospital or she's in, I think a 30 bed ICU unit. And she said it was almost full and it was a good chunk of people that were unvaccinated, but they had several that were vaccinated as well. Um, I know people currently who are vaccinated and have COVID too. So it's definitely in, you know, Tony Fauci came out saying that also that people who are vaccinated are capable of carrying the same viral loads and also getting sick. And it's also what we're seeing internationally in lots of places. Um, I think Israel, Gibraltar, the Seychelles, yeah. lots of places overseas where the vaccinated population is getting coming down sick. It's not 100 percent. It's nowhere near 95 percent effective. I have very liberal family today. members in, in North Florida, and uh, she was she was telling me about how exactly what you just said and and oh they're they're all unvaccinated they're all unvaccinated i'm like just just wait just wait we'll see, we'll see what happens but um, so nicole are, where are you uh you're, you're traveling so are, are you uh you're not in florida no I, I spent um six months in the beginning part of the year in florida i'm currently between contracts uh i just finished up in south carolina I had accepted a contract I was supposed to start on the 23rd out in Oregon. Um, and they, I found out, you know, just prior to going out there that uh, they, the governor, despite there being, it's the only state in the country that has a law in the books from 1989 saying that they cannot mandate healthcare workers to be vaccinated. Uh, the governor came out and said every healthcare worker has to be vaccinated no matter what. And I'm not vaccinated and I don't plan to be. Um, and they said that if you aren't, you have to submit to weekly testing, you have to do additional masking, additional safety protocols and potential removal to non-patient care areas. So I uh, wasn't willing to comply with that. So I canceled my contract and it's just gonna be one less nurse for Oregon, even though the vaccinated nurse right next to me can just as easily, easily give a patient COVID because they're carrying it at the same viral loads and they can still transmit it. What was, your no first, what was your first reaction to uh, the news yesterday or the day before when, when they said, you know, another booster? <laughs> it's laughable. It's, uh, I don't know. And then you have people saying, well, why aren't you coming out speaking in favor of the vaccines? If you're, if you're for early treatments, why aren't you coming out speaking for the vaccines that are 95% effective? I'm like, how are they 95% effective if you now have to get a booster shot? That, it doesn't, it defies logic. This isn't the first booster um, shot either. It's, it's scary because the way that these vaccine passports are going, I just got, they just deleted my post on um, Instagram about this, but the way that it's going, it's going to be that if you don't have on your vaccine passport that you got your booster shot every six months, then you aren't going to be able to access society. I, I just, you know, maybe that's a conspiracy theorist realm, but I, well, the way well, that I, they've been they, going. They, I think here's my concern is, I understand if I was 70 years old, I, I may take the, the the vaccine. And I'm not saying if I did or didn't, I don't think that's relevant right. to this. I'm just speaking in generalities here. Right. But my concern more so is not necessarily for me, but for the, you know, if, if I was to procreate and have a have a son or a daughter Please and you don't. know, gen generational though after a <laughs> vaccine, right? Um, you know, where, 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 where does that lead us? You know, and, and I, I don't know if that gets too conspiracy theorists, uh, either, but we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, the, right. uh, the MRNA, if I'm correct, uh, you know, that, that has the potential to alter DNA. Am I correct with that? I don't know enough to speak confidently about that. Okay. But certainly the word know, on the street is that it's, uh, yeah, it's word on the street our, is with our DNA. Uh, but no, I, I appreciate the candor yeah. because once again, I don't want to spread disinformation. Right. Uh, and that's why we have uh, you guys on to, to talk about it. But I think that that's where my concern is. And, you know, I, I, we continuously see these posts about, you know, you're, you're not serving your country if you're not getting the vaccine. Uh, there's no reason not to trust your government. And then my initial reaction was, well, the Tuskegee Airmen 
you know, they, they supported their government and they, they, they went knowingly and got their vaccine inoculations. How, how'd that syphilis end up with for all of them, right? Uh, I, where does a healthy that, amount of skepticism is okay. <laughs> sure. And where do, where's the balance? Um, and why in this day and age do we, do we have, and we're in the, the minority uh, of this discussion, uh, you've got what probably would you say 60, 70% of the healthcare workers that are, that are going to get the vaccination, whether they, they feel compelled to, or they really want to versus uh, 30 to 40% that, that are kind of on the fence and feel like they're being forced to do it. If we can't get healthcare workers to agree on this, how, how can we as a society uh, decide this is a good choice for us? There's a lot. There's so much going on right now. Not I mean, only, you know, we not, we, we don't, I'm sorry, there's such a delay. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say we're, you know, most most healthcare workers, we're required to get the flu shot every year in order to work in the hospitals. You can you can, you know, decline it and you have to wear a mask for the season, but we're required to get the flu shot. And most of us are fine with that because we have years and years and years of safety data that go behind it that show that it's, you know, fairly safe and it's not going to potentially affect you or potentially kill you. This is just, it's, it's so new and it's such a new use in humans and, and, you know, like I said, a healthy amount of, of skepticism, I think is, is healthy, but, you know, prior to this administration taking office, they spent months telling everybody that, you know, would you take this vaccine, this rush vaccine? I would, it would only be, you know, I would only take it if it were completely transparent and if scientists everywhere could look at it and they came to the conclusion that it was safe and effective. And yet now what we're seeing is just complete censorship. And that, that for me raises a red flag for people who are looking at it and they're, you know, having, thoughts and scientific data that don't go with the narrative and they're just being completely silenced and it's I don't know raises red flags for me so like you said years and years and years of data for the for the flu vaccine and COVID has never previously to roll out never tested in humans I'm sorry in animals ever it skipped the animal trial went right to humans so we're the, the living experiment um yeah, that's my understanding, me. and I don't, I may not, I may be completely incorrect about this, but my understanding is that they did the under the animal trials, the phase one and phase two at the same time. So they did animal trials, small animal trials, and a small group of humans at the same time. But regardless, most vaccines take at least 10 years to come to market because if you're doing something that affects the immune system, there are so many steps along that process of immunity that somewhere along those steps, it's, it's, it has great potential for something to go, to go wrong. And so you see that over a period of years with these vaccines, we have no idea what's going to happen a few years from now. Have you read or have you gone on the VARES website? I have. Yeah. The VARES, the actual VARES website is, is really clunky and it's kind of hard. I've, I've run the reports and it ends up giving you thousands, thousands. of potential. Yeah. So, so what do you make of those reports? Classify them differently. Explain what VARES is first and foremost to those that don't know, please. VAERS is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. It's yeah. where um, injuries to vaccines are reported to the government. Um, normally, in a normal year, there's about 200 deaths that come from all of the traditional vaccines. Um, so with this, uh, people and you know healthcare workers or citizens can go in and report injuries that happen with the vaccines. Um, and from what we're seeing, it's, it's insanely, an insanely high number. And I was actually just watching uh, Dr. Ryan Cole. He, I was watching a YouTube video with him yesterday. And he's, he said that normally the threshold for any vaccine or drug is 25 people. If 25 people die, then they will pull it from trials right. and they won't use it anymore. And yet we're in, in VAERS, which is notoriously underreported. They, you know, lots of, there was a study out of Harvard that said it only 1% of vaccine injuries are actually reported to VAERS. And currently I think there's like over 12,000 deaths. So yeah, there's like hundred plus a month on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. I, mean, I think they do a, like a data dump every week or two, and they they pull out their numbers. But I've heard stories of doctors who put reports in and then they can't find them. Like they're wiping the system too. And yeah, what's up there is pretty detailed. Cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen pages full of um, of of emergency room workers or you know people who uh, like the medical examiners who just go pick up the dead bodies and they you know were vaccinated three days ago and. And it's, it's all a big mess really, but it's scary. 
it's scary because they are forcing this experimental vaccine on people who don't want to lose their job or, you know, not even just healthcare. This is being seen all over every industry and it's so, completely unethical. It goes against everything. So can I ask you, those that are being uh, given the, the ultimatum to, that, that are pregnant, uh, and I'd like both of your opinions on this. It, and once again, it, it's an opinion. It's not a recommendation. But if you were pregnant at, at the time, first, second, third trimester, would, would you get this vaccination? Uh, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Can you expound it upon that? I mean, it was a quick answer and I appreciate it. Can you expound <laughs> upon it a little bit? No. <laughs> it was actually a part of the exclusion criteria for the trials. They say you have to be at least 18 years of age. You have to take a negative, you have to take a pregnancy test and prove it's negative and then say that you will be on birth control for the duration of the trial. There, I mean, putting a, an, an unknown drug or an unknown treatment into a developing embryo, there are so many things that can go wrong. I cannot believe that they are making pregnant women do this. It's, it's insane. It's terrifying. No, it's terrifying. And it's going to go down as a horrible mistake. Have you seen, I know, the, uh... I know three people that I know three vaccinated people that have had miscarriages. Oh my God. That's horrible. Yeah. I don't think I just missed yeah. this. Sorry, I was I was trying to message the person that was supposed to come on, but uh, that eighty two percent in in the first trimester. Have you seen that stat? I saw that. I saw that. Is that um uh the PhD from Oxford? Yeah. It- yeah. Uh, Daniel Jacobazzi shared it with us on our on our podcast, and uh, it's mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. So ultimately, Terrifying. those that don't know, uh, the 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 study states that uh. 82% uh, fetal mortality rate, am I correct, uh, for a first trimester that got the, the, the vaccination? Miscarriage, yeah, first trimester, 82%. Miscarriage after the first trimester. Some people uh, don't know they're pregnant when they get it. And, right. And the- that's, that's, that's absolutely terrifying. I would like to know the, the number of people that had COVID in the first trimester as well. I, I'm not sure if that was factored in then or not. I still haven't gotten an answer. Sure. So yeah, let- it's completely unethical. Most, I mean, a lot of the medications that we give, it's even in our drug manual that I think it's called like a black box warning or something, but there are certain medications that you cannot give to pregnant people because of the effects that it has on the unborn fetus. We have zero long-term safety data on what this is going to do to an unborn embryo or developing embryo. And the doctors that are pushing this on pregnant people, they should just know better. Right. So, so why, why do you think this is though? Why, why do you think there, there, there is such a push and does this all circle around the money? Is this what it all ultimately boils down to it is, is a monopoly for, for this? I, I, I have trouble trying to wrap my mind around something that, that could ultimately thin the herd of the entire world. And it, that it, it, does it all come down to money? I think a lot of people have good intentions. I think a lot of people listen to what they're hearing and they, you know, hear everybody saying that vaccines are our only answer. And I think they have good intentions with wanting to, you know, get people to seek out that, that the vaccine in order to prevent them from getting COVID. But it's, I, I have no answer because it just seems like critical thinking and logic have gone out the window and it's, it's scary. So Nicole, I'm looking over comments. We've got, we've got, uh, my son is an R- ICU RN, just graduated six months ago, had COVID, has antibodies, being pressured by November 1st. Um, a very, very, well, someone said, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're saying everything that I know I try to speak up about. And then my friend, lost her, my friend lost her baby at eight months after being vaxxed. We get these messages hundreds thousands of messages just like this every day every single day all throughout the day my phone's going off message 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 um and you know and we have a lot a lot of our our viewers that that you know it's evil sinister plans and and i think you really i I think there's a balance and nicole i think think you kind of nailed that uh uh, hit the nail on the head here is that there are well-intentioned people here um and I don't think that all the doctors that are push, pushing the vaccines are ill-intentioned. I really, but what options are they being given? What, you know, 
does everybody serve a master? And then I guess it gets into a higher religious thing that I don't want to get into which master do I serve? Um, but, but what's being, you know, the, obviously maybe the data they're being given is that isn't the data, obviously isn't the data that potentially being suppressed. So where do we find that middle ground? And I think that's what really kind of causes us to, to take pause is, you know, a, a podcast like this, you know, this should be all over every news network, not, not just Fox News. This should be over everything we're talking about should be on CNN, MSNBC, uh, all these networks. But yet we're, get, we're getting pulled for just talking about it. So I guess that what's, is what makes us take pause. Yeah, well, I mean, the good news is we're not pulled. Yeah. So this, after no, this, we're not after this. Thanks. <laughs> we do it right. We do it right. I don't know how, but we do Thanks, it right. Nicole. Thanks, Megan. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, it was fun. Hey, someone from Florida chimed in and said, the facility I'm at has had 25 COVID patients. All of them are vaccinated. I tested yep. positive 18 weeks after having COVID. I'm a nurse, 33 years. Hello from Florida. Same person. Yeah. It's crazy. It's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we were tested twice a week, every single week. I've never been positive. I've had four antibody tests, all negative, you know, but now I'm being forced to get vaccinated or lose my job. What's your deadline? uh, No, I'm sorry, September 27th. So what action in the New York region is being taken to try to stay of execution, if if you will? Now that Cuomo's gone, what's going to happen? Well, um, you know, I mean, we don't we don't know. This is this is just a mandate that just came out today um, for my job. So, you know, we're trying to band together and, and see what legal resources we can come up with. So anybody that's uh, listening on this podcast that might have some legal resources in New York, um, please, please, please uh, post it in the comments. Uh, Once again, we are but a sounding board for for this movement. So we don't have all the answers. Uh, We are going to try to obtain all the answers. And we're we're here to help everybody that's watching and all of our supporters. Uh, That's what's important to us. And uh, so anybody in the New York area that, that might have a coalition built up, obviously, uh, we've been given so, some good websites from Nicole thus far, but, you know, specifically to New York, please, please post it in the, uh, in the comments and, and we'll make sure we can get that to, to Megan for sure. Thank you. Don't forget though. Enrique, so- you want to look more into the ACLU because you're completely right. How are they not just championing this? It's the biggest violation of our civil rights. Sure. And we, we, I don't want to go too conspiracy theorists because we'll, I, we will get yanked if, if I give my opinion on, on why they're not uh, proponents of this. Uh, but everybody no, give do, your opinion. Uh, All the do, money. <laughs> uh, there it is. There, where, where's, the the, where's the funding come from, right? Um, yep. Are you happy Cuomo's gone, by the way? I was going to crack a joke. It might kick me. Am I happy he's gone? Yes, I am. I am not a fan of uh, oh. Governor Cuomo. Very Are you nervous right. about what's coming behind him? Yeah, 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 I am. I mean, I'm I'm nervous for this whole country right now. Um, so am I. I mean, this is just insane. I I cannot believe that this is what this is. I mean, it's I'm it's nervous just for all patients who you know normally in the ICU we have two patients to one nurse, and I can only imagine what's going to happen once they get rid of twenty percent of their staff, their doctors, their nurses, their respiratory therapists, their ultrasonographers, everybody. It's going to be affected across the board, and care will suffer. People. How are- many patients to one nurse? Normally in the ICU, it's two to one. Wow. When I went to New Jersey, we did five to one. We had five patients to one nurse. I was going to say my wife is four to one usually. Is she ICU? No. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's different as you as you go down in levels of care that theoretically the patient should be more independent. So you don't um, need to spend as much time with them as you do in the ICU. They're all every field of nursing is completely difficult in its own way. Yeah. And it's about to get a whole lot worse if they're yeah. going to if they're going to fire a significant portion of their staff when they're already understaffed. Patients are going to be I hate to say it, but they will be abandoned. They will be neglected. The standard of care is going to go and you know what's so crazy too like as a nurse you know you talk about like rights of medication administration and you talk about like right to refuse but like all of a sudden that's gone we can't refuse yeah or right to try right to try medications that may have benefits they're just completely declining and it's and the right to try was just put into place by uh our our predecessor president correct uh 
I believe so. Uh, yeah. President Trump uh, pushed the, the the right to try and pushed right. that through, and not, now that's all been uh, but abandoned. Megan, how how many healthcare workers at the facility you're at? Uh, do you have an estimate of percentages uh, that? that are going to stand for the rights and not take the vaccination? Or do you think, you know, of those 20%, maybe 10% of them will say, look, I need the job, I'm gonna roll the dice. And that's my fear is, you know, it, it's it's not a mandate because, and, and this, this is where I think, I'll answer that question first and then I'll get into my theory, I'm sorry. That's okay. I would say probably, it's hard to say because this mandate was really just released for us today, like officially. So it's a little hard for me to give an accurate number. I would say a handful of people, um, but I do feel like most, I would say at least half of whatever that number would be are going to go ahead and just be vaccinated because they, you know, they, they don't see a way out. Where's their way out? It's, right. it's survive or don't survive. I mean, people have kids to provide for and while you want to take a stand and, you know, allow your kids to see that you don't have to conform to this and you shouldn't have to, um, you know, they still have to put food on the table too. So it's a very hard position for some people to be in. Sure. Absolutely. So, so you know, it's going to spin back to the, the ACLU comment and a lot of what we're hearing from uh, legal authorities that don't won't come on this podcast, but will have talked off the record to us, is that it's not this isn't being considered a mandate, which I think is the, the biggest crack of uh, it's a family show, so whatever. Uh, I, I, because and they're, they're they're saying it's not a forced mandate because you're they're not really holding you down and forcing you to take this. Uh, injection. They're saying, well, you don't have to work here anymore. And that's their end round. I don't think that's right. I, I want to preface uh, that statement. But what are your thoughts on that? It, is, is that kind of just them skirting the system and, and bypassing what's right? Because I guess you don't have to work at, at the you know, as a nurse, if you don't want to anymore, but where do you So, go? but during the pandemic, if I didn't want to work as a nurse, what would that have been? Absolutely. That would not have been acceptable, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, furthermore, then, okay, you could go the route of you would fire me and then I could get unemployment. But if I refuse the vaccine, you're going to say that it was voluntary termination. So then I wouldn't even be eligible for unemployment. So is, is that what they're doing now? If you're refusing to take the vaccine in, in, in New York, they're, they're going to say it's a voluntary uh, termination. Uh, termination. Yes. And yep. that way it, it inhibits you from uh, gaining unemployment while you're seeking a, a new, new career. Correct. That's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Really horrible. And it's still an experimental vaccine. It doesn't have FDA approval. We're still in clinical trials. And part of that being a participant in research is to make that choice without, you know, the threat of duress or coercion or penalty and losing your job, losing your career. People have been in the healthcare field for 10, 20 years, and they're telling them that you just can no longer do it. And it's, I, I think America's spoken. I mean, obviously, half the population is not getting the vaccine. Right. Uh, healthcare workers have spoken. They're not getting the vaccine. You know, and, and we're it talking- be available to everybody to have the choice to take it right. if they want it, but it should be mandated to none. Right. And we, we've, uh, we've, we've tried to cover as many protests, rallies as we can. And we're having this thing on, on Labor Day where we're trying to get, you know, almost every state together so we can live stream and, sh and, and show solidarity. But you know, a lot, of, a lot of comments from nurses that come across is, you know, we need to walk out. We need, we need to just all walk. And I'm like, man, you know, if you guys, we can't be associated with that because you could potentially kill people. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't. Uh, we're, right. I don't think anybody on this cast right now is saying walk out no. of your job right now. We're not. We're not. Uh, <laughs> no. We're not even condoning a a, a nationwide walkout day. Um, we're. we're what like we want we to do down a nationwide march on Washington. <laughs> right. We're having all these little things all over the place, but I mean, I, hopefully it's having some effect, but I mean, at what point are they going to hear us? There's people, a lot of people are making noise, whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated, they're saying it shouldn't be mandated. It shouldn't be, you know, for some people who don't want to take it. We live in a society where we have to accept a certain amount of risk to go, you know, to drive our car. There's a certain amount of risk to step sure. out of your house. There's a certain amount of risk. And it's, you know, that's a choice that everybody should be willing to make. So it's Nicole, has, has your life, has your life changed since that video? <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of a little bit, I guess. Um, 
my I've got like about a billion unread messages. So if you're listening to this and I haven't answered, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, not not really. I I would say that I've just obviously I've always been more of like an under the radar not a social media kind of person and that's changed <laughs> actually you know after after all of the drama with the election i was like i'm done with social media for the year i've just haven't posted anything i haven't put up a story and then you know the more and more that i've gotten kind of fired up about everything that's happening right now i'm like all right i'm ready to just go because we need we need everybody in this fight that we can get you had mentioned to me uh that uh, a big outlet reached out to you i won't say it if you don't want me to but did what happened with that? I've had I've had a lot of um, a lot of several different uh, organizations and people who are working to put together groups reach out to me, and I am gonna. Um, so it's kind of inconvenient timing because I've had this pre-planned trip. I'm in uh, California right now for a friend vacation, and so it's been I've been trying to be present for this, but <clears throat> also give this the attention that it requires. But um, I'm going thank to you. in the next couple of days. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be in the next couple of days um, putting something out for anybody who wants to be involved, anybody who wants to help on the inside of this um, to to potentially get some people in places where they can be effective in in affecting change. So I will be um, posting something about that. And if you want to, if you're in a position where you can help, um, then I would love for you to reach out to me and we'll go from there. But yeah, Absolutely. I've, and I've any way we could outlets reach out. I've had one, one big um, kind of undercover sort of thing, reach out. Um, yeah. I think, I think I would love to play kind of middleman and connecting people who want to help. That's a big one, by the way. Huh? That's a big one, by the way. No, I know. When you told me that, I was like, oh, shit. I, <laughs> I was excited. Um, but I, I'm definitely going to work on playing middleman to um, kind of connect some people with some of these organizations where they can uh, really hopefully get some change seen. So. Well, this isn't over. And, and, and that's the crux of what I'm getting from, from both of you ladies. This isn't over by far. Uh, it, so for those that are feeling, and we, we Randy kind of hit the nail on the head, we, we get hundreds, if not thousands of, of, of uh, messages a day that, that are with people that feel hopeless, they feel alone. And, you know, they're, they're emailing two guys in Northwest Indiana, uh, telling them that they're feeling alone. And, you know, th th that's a humbling feeling because we're, 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 we're trying to help much, much like you're doing, trying to get people together that, that can make a difference. Uh, the two of us aren't going to make a difference. The four of us aren't going to make a difference, but you know, millions of followers and, and you, you've got a, a really good idea with a March on Washington. And, and that's kind of where we were going with our, what we want to do with the nationwide uh, live stream was represent, you know, have representatives from all 50 States. And we're, we're going to put together the, the best live stream we can on, on Labor Day um, and, and just show our solidarity, show our support, show that, you know, it's not just one person. We all do stand together. And I think that's the only way our, the voice will be heard on this. Right. I've got the same as you guys. I get tons of messages now, um, from people who are thanking me for having a voice and for putting that out there and saying that they feel exactly the same. They've, you know, heard and researched all the same things that I've discussed. They've, they've had the same experiences throughout the pandemic and yet they feel so alone. They feel like they're the only ones. And there are not by far. And more people need to start talking about it, I think. Sure. So we've got, you know, the, on the other side of things, I, I think a lot of them have good intentions, but, you know, they, they are powerful with their ability to censure, censor, you know, truth and voices and, and to force mandates on us, you know, force people to lose their job and all that. And I just think that the more that speak out about, uh, you know, the less alone people feel. And the more that we can talk about it and get together and hopefully do something to stop all this. Absolutely. Well, Nicole, I, I'm pretty sure the person that was supposed to join us is in the same state as you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm trying to, uh, to ping him, see if he can. My current around. state, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> hasn't he hasn't told me who this is. He says it's a big surprise. <laughs> a big surprise. He messaged me. I can show you the messages, but that's okay. Maybe if he doesn't, if he doesn't show up today, maybe we'll just do a podcast. For a different day but um but having said that so in, in new york uh, um, i'm going through the messages now as we're talking um it's actually the the, the same question i apologize meg uh, about uh if, if there's any groups in new york so it looks like there's people already trying to link up um do you are are, are you a part of any organization or or whatnot i 
uh, I know you're not part of any specific uh, legal group. Are you part of any sort of organization that I can send people to uh, in New York? Am I? No, no. Okay. So I'm just, once again, going, going through all these posts. And Megan, did you have anything you really wanted to hit on? I mean, I think, I think we, I think Nicole hit on a lot of things, um, you know, and I think we hit on a lot as far as the mandates go and how it's, it's just, it's so ridiculous. I mean, you know, we're the same people who showed up and, and took care of very sick people during COVID and put ourselves at risk, you know, day in and day out um, without proper PPE at times, you know, and like I said, I, I mean, I've been continuously tested twice a week religiously and I've never tested positive. Um, you know, it, it, it really makes it really hard to support any type of vaccine mandate along with the fact that it's, you know, still just an experiment. Um, what, you know, what, day, what day are we in to stop the curve? <laughs> what, what are we? <laughs> right. 2,400. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they just keep going and pushing and pushing. And, and I understand that people are sick and I understand people are dying. And, you know, if they, if they, if the vaccine could work and if it was safe, I would be all about it. But, you know, the things that are coming out, it's, it's not, you know, day by day, it's looking like it's less and less effective. And I just keep seeing video after video after countless video of like people who are injured and permanently debilitated from these vaccines. And they're of course censoring that there, nobody's talking about that, but what they are censoring is potentially effective early, you know, preventative treatments. And it's, it's, I don't know. I, I will go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole. And I think that there is, you know, more going on (laughs) and uh, I don't know, it's just, it's scary. And a lot of people are just at the, at the point where they're about to lose everything and it's not fair. Like she says, they've been working the entire pandemic with limited amounts of PPE, putting themselves, putting their lives at risk, their lives in harm way. And then this is the thanks they get because they won't sign up to be part of a clinical trial. It's, I don't understand. Like study us. Go ahead, yes. take our blood, figure out why we didn't get COVID. <laughs> an inbox right. full of nurses and doctors and PAs and NPs who agree with what I'm saying. And they're like, you know, these healthcare administrators have completely lost their mind. They've thrown their ethics right out the window. And what's, I mean, how many people are going to die from this? So, I don't so why the vaccine? I mean, from firing all of the, all of the nurses who won't choose to sign up to be part of a clinical trial. Sure. And, and why don't you think we have more doctors speaking out? They're being smeared and censored and ostracized. And, you know, I was waiting for yeah. you to send me some uh, some okay. contacts. No, <laughs> nobody wants Thankfully, to. Thankfully, we're seeing more and more people, you know, start coming out and speaking out against it. The crazier things get. So I hope that that trend continues. Sure. So I, I want to okay. say that uh, Wendy just commented. Uh, Wendy, I want to thank you for this comment. She said, uh, "I thought I was alone until you guys. I had a doc and another nurse, but that was it." We moved, so I was floundering, floundering until you. Thank you. So I, we're reaching people, guys. We really are. We're, we're showing everybody that they're not alone. Um, and I want you know, to be alone so that you will. It, yeah, it, they want to divide you, right? And it, when if they can't, you know, individually, you know, isolate you, they're going to, you know, uh, isolate you as a group. And that's why I, I think there's a lot of a uh, racial divide and, and whatnot, but th- that's conspiracy theory. Um, but uh, your typical some- divide conquer and, and everybody who, you know, comes out and says this part of why I said what I said about the flu vaccine. It's not that people who are hesitant about this are anti-vaxxers by any means. I have had all of my vaccines that you have years of safety data behind them. It's not that I'm not willing to get a vaccine, but this is an experimental vaccine with kind of some potentially scary outcomes. Right. Yep. I, feel, I feel like I, alone. there are a lot of people that feel this way. I feel like I let you guys down. Oh, don't let us down if you don't tell me who it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. I, I still have no clue. So I don't know. do all of the surprises. I'm like, let me know. Tell me. <laughs> I'll tell you when we're done. See, that's what happens. I knew it was going to happen. If I mentioned it, it wasn't going to happen. You know? <laughs> okay. That was it. That's right. So, so Duke, Duke, who's one of our uh, top supporters here, he says, how about making some posters with the damaged vax people's names or pictures of them to protest with, uh, with permissions, of course, uh, 
that's a potential idea, Duke. Uh, once again, you're going to have to get, uh, I don't think those images are readily available, uh, but I, I, we're not going to dictate how you guys run your rallies or your protest. Uh, I, I think we're There's all professionals here. a lot here. of them all across social media, but um, oftentimes they're deleted for vaccine misinformation or for false harmful information, even though it's the truth. Right. Yeah, so, so you're really, we're really dealing with, with two different uh, battlefronts, aren't we? We're, we're dealing with, with the battlefront of whether we take this vaccination or not, and then we're dealing with the battlefront of, are we going to get censored for trying to find the information on whether we should take the vaccination or not? Right. Right. Absolutely. And you didn't not, mention the, that uh, it's counterintuitive to how science is actually done. You know, the, there should be an open discussion where they look at the data, they look at the outcomes, they go back and rehypothesize and change some things. But currently it is one narrative. And if you don't agree with that narrative, even if you're a scientist, even if you're an expert, they will shut you down. We didn't mention it's, the transplant issue, did we? No. Hospital saying, if you don't, take the vaccine, they're not going to give you a kit or whatever the organ is, a transplant. I have a friend right yep. now, his dad is on um, take you off the list. transplant list for a liver. And they told him, you know, he's pretty weak. He's pretty, you know, he's incapacitated at the moment. And they told him that if he doesn't get the vaccine, then he will not get the transplant. That's wild. So they, they, they get to play oh, God. Absolutely. And there's, people, there's, you know, physicians who are just refusing to see patients who are not vaccinated for, you know, even if they have a medical exemption, they just won't see them. And it's, that goes against the Hippocratic Oath completely. It still racks my brain. I think a lot of them have good intentions, like I said, but, sure. you know, but the bottom line is that's not how we do things. Yep. Uh, John just messaged and said, last day on the job is Monday for me as an RN. You're saying everything I am thinking. So I'm mm at, -hmm. People are taking a stand, and I, and I commend everybody that that's watching, everybody that's listening. Uh, Nicole, Megan, I, I commend you guys for for having the courage to come on a, a, a national national uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> granted, we're we're a small one, but but we we've got a, a very loyal following in, in the tens of thousands, and we we appreciate you guys, and uh, I, I thank you for your courage and. If there's anything we can do, please don't hesitate to message us. What's next? That's what I want to know. Yeah, that's a good question. What's next for you guys? Megan? You know, I I, I don't know. Um, just going to try to do what we can to, to fight back against this um, and bring awareness, you know, and so when the deadline, I'm not trying to put you on the spot and it's not, not my business or anyone's business, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. When the deadline comes, mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Uh, I guess I will be uh, asked to leave because I will not be getting vaccinated. <laughs> well, I, I mean, proud of you, proud of you for, for standing strong. I mean, right. And you're not alone. Uh, we, we have hundreds and thousands of people that, that are doing the same thing. Uh, yep. I, I, I feel sorry. And, and I think, Nicole, you, you touched on this. Um, and this is very heartfelt. I, I feel sorry, not only for the healthcare workers that are going through this, but for the, the patients that are subsequently going to be left in, in disarray and, and not have the proper treatments because um, of what's being forced upon the healthcare workers. And those that are our patients right now, this should not be a re reflection upon the healthcare workers that are deciding not to put this experimental vaccine in their body. This should be taken as this should be taken as, you know, a, a higher establishment power trying to force mm -hmm. something experimental on you. And uh, I mean, I don't think there's many people that go into healthcare without having the desire to help other people. We want to be there to help other people, but at the end of the day, we are people too. And we have to kind of, you know, look out for ourselves. And if it's, if it's a choice between doing something that you are completely not comfortable with, that could very potentially affect you for the rest of your life versus doing something just because the powers that be say so it's not that we don't want to be there and care for those people and help the people that need it but you you have to protect yourself as well just like it. you protect patient rights you know you have to protect your own rights too yeah absolutely. absolutely i want to give a shout out to some folks that are never ever mentioned in the healthcare industry uh housekeeping 
Oh, for sure. I love that. all yeah. the people in housekeeping. And all the techs or the care partners, whatever they're called, where you're at. They're, I love them. They're saints. Housekeeping. Absolutely. Wherever you're at, we thank you. You're heroes too. Uh, for sure. Couldn't so, do it without you. <laughs> yeah. So guys, I'm so sorry that uh, you didn't get your surprise today. It's killing me. It's killing. <laughs> but hopefully we we can arrange it for. And I, I you guys are welcome back. It, um, now that we got rid of the technical issues, uh, we hope you guys would join us again and keep us updated on your fight. Even it doesn't even have to be a, a long uh, podcast like this. Maybe a 15, 20 minute update on what's going on, how we can help, how we can help get people involved in your areas. Sure. You guys are amazing, and I I thank you from the bottom of my heart for for standing up for this. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I genuinely appreciate the experience. And, and Megan, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. I hate, I hate that everybody is going through this right now and you're all not alone. That's for yeah. sure. It doesn't thank you. Doesn't thank you so, so much for having us, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you for posting your video. Cause that's <laughs> what got all of this going, you know, um, definitely struck a nerve with some people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's, you know, I've, like I said, I've gotten so many messages of people are like you, I feel like they, I feel like you interviewed me and you're speaking my thoughts because so many people feel exactly that way. And yeah. it's, it's heartbreaking. Was that YouTube trying to knock in your door there, Nicole? No, that was. <laughs> just what were you, what were you guys talking about? To to dinner. <laughs> you guys were chatting up before we went live. What the heck are you guys talking about? I couldn't even pay attention because I was. There's like a lot best. to talk about. We're fired yeah. up. Um, <laughs> All right, your, so, so your video can't be found anywhere except Rumble right now. You guys, you have oh, to go to. Right. Oh, where's it at? It's, it's, so it was originally posted on this this fella here, um, uh, Mitch underscore Aguiar two. It's um, not there. His account's gone. No, it's not. I, like, I saw it today and it was still there. His original account got deleted at three hundred twenty thousand followers, but he created okay. a backup account. Mitch underscore Aguiar two is where the original one was posted. I have never been an Instagram person, so I didn't have a platform, but he does. And so we posted it on there and kind of took off from there. Um, so it's on his, I guess, uh, Sebastian Gorka also posted it, but it is on my rumble for when they do delete it because. So you're saying it's on Instagram. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. Okay. Right. Hang on a second. I want to find it for you. All right. Nicole's got to go to dinner. All right. All right. <laughs> I was going to. Show the camera, but okay. Thank All you right. guys for having me. Thank you. Again, thank you guys so much. Thank you you right. too. Thank you. Hey, Pleasure. stay in touch. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. Thanks. All right, bye.